This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, and Tinsley Law and Title. Their sponsorship makes it possible for me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by visiting each of their Facebook pages. Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am here with Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. How are you doing today, Judge? I'm doing good. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, it's been a while since we've done this in person. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had to, uh, you were nice enough to um, let me run away last week because we had an emergency with the school district. Yes. Which turned out for the best. Yep, it That's did. a great Fantastic. thing. Fantastic. Uh, if, if you guys weren't on that that was the one where a hacker had uh, locked them out of their uh, data but all that worked out Um, and the two weeks before that we had been uh, going via video conferencing and so this is the first time I've seen you in a month that's right yeah you look good thank you thank you all right uh, I always like uh, being in the courtroom. I've, I've, I've covered a lot of stories in this courtroom, so it's always fun for me to be here. Um, all right. We need to talk about, and what I want to talk about today is uh, the prevalence of COVID-19 in our community, and the topics we're going to hit are the numbers what you can draw from the numbers, how accurate we all think the numbers are now, um, and what we can get out of it. And there's a letter that came out from UT Health that was sent to the county on July 30th that we're going to discuss. But let's start with where exactly are we Let's try this question. (laughs) Is it even worth me asking where exactly are we with the numbers right now? The best way to look at it that I have been able to gain a consistent look that is something that you can overlay across the entire state and correlate and have some type of confidence in being able to, say, compare McAllen to Tyler, you know, is to go by the number of hospitalizations and the population of that TS, that TSA, the trauma right. service area. That's the only way that you can gain something across line is that we've said many times our area runs a couple of weeks behind the state trends. Right. And when you look at all of those numbers, you can see that happening. We've currently hit a plateau in TSA hospitalizations for the region. They're not continuing to escalate. Okay, so we got a couple of things there. Right. So let's let's break that out. <laughs> First of all, what you're saying is, all right, we've got we've got the numbers that uh, NetHealth puts out all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, every night they put them out, and it shows the number of cases, the number of active cases, the number of uh, recoveries, the number of deaths, all of that. Right. It is released every night by NetHealth. And what we're, one of the things we're saying is those numbers those numbers are a reflection of what's going on, but 
it's probably not best to look at it and say, like, if the number goes up 20 today, mm-hmm. it's probably not best to say, look, today there were 20 new cases, because that might not actually be true, the way the numbers have been accumulated. When you look at the net health numbers, right. those are testing numbers. Right. Whereas I speak specifically to hospitalizations. Wait, well, Th- that's a complete Yes, two- and that's why right. why you're going to hospitalization. Right. And this is the point I'm trying to get because people – and I've actually even stopped reporting just those daily numbers or putting those out because, yes, you can get an idea of trends and things like that from those numbers. And you can get a big-picture look at what's going on. But to drill down and try and really figure it out from those numbers is difficult Mm -hmm. because sometimes, and it's not because anybody's trying to do anything wrong or whatever. Net health is overwhelmed. Exactly. As the entire state is. As the entire public health system is. Right. And so those numbers sometimes run behind. Sometimes there's data dumps. We've seen it with recoveries where there'll be zero recoveries for 10 days and then one day, 25 recoveries will show up. Right. And we know that that's not the way that works. Right. So that's number one. I, I actually read a story in the Texas Tribune this morning about how everybody along the line in government now is admitting, okay, yes. those numbers aren't exact. We shouldn't take those as gospel that, hey, 20 people, 20 people got coronavirus, got COVID today in Athens and Henderson County. No, don't you don't look at it that way. Right. How, you can say is that if I look over a week's time, I can say, okay, those numbers have definitely increased. Right. But it's it's not as granular as some people would like. Right. And that's why the state refers to the seven day trend that it is continually referred to. And over time, when reporting of numbers takes place, the actual statement of the seven-day trend drops off, and, well, here's today's numbers. Right. So it can get lost in the shuffle, and it takes that trend because of the imperfections. Remember the old saying about um, too many um, cooks? Too many cooks in the kitchen? That's kind of what we have when it comes to reporting in the state of Texas. I totally agree, which is why your look at hospitalizations becomes so important uh, because those are um, reported in much more real time. Yes. And they are actual, they, they actually relate to real live human beings that we can go put our hands on today. There right. are X number of people in the hospital today in this spot. That is, and we don't really wish to discount the testing numbers that are reported no. because, because they can give you an indication Sure, because hospitalizations are a lagging indicator of right. what's happening. So we don't want to take too much away from the testing, but the one that we can most readily get a hold of and somewhat have reliability in that this is the number today is that hospitalization number. And the trend... 
while it's leveled out recently, the trend over the last couple of weeks in our area has been going up. Right. Uh, you look prior to July 20th, our region, it was increasing 10 admits a day. And it went from, I believe, June 28th of 54 people to almost 200 and um, almost 250 between June 28th and July 20th, 22nd, right in there. So that was a huge increase. It has since planed off or leveled off since then where it's fluctuating and holding. Um, some days it'll be up, some days it will be down between 240 and 270. That has stayed very constant. Whereas uh, the state over that same time, we've seen nearly a 2,000 um, hospitalization drop in this same two-week time, which, like I said, we run about two weeks behind the rest of the state on an average. The cities. Yeah, the cities, exactly, because the cities. basically half yeah. the state lives in the Dallas sure. and Houston uh, TSAs. But basically what it does is that leveling off at those locations uh, and our plateau are coinciding with each other. Now, I, <laughs> please, Lord, look for that hospitalizations in our TSA to begin to drop off. But very interesting, if you look at the two TSAs that join us, which would be the Texarkana and the Lufkin, they are being hit very hard. Whereas before we've spoken about it being in South Texas, which is continuing to be hammered, we now have two TSAs that border us that are, that are really struggling under the demand. Which is not a good sign. It's not a good sign, no. So another thing that not a good sign, mm -hmm. uh, this UT Health letter, Mm -hmm. that um, the county received. It was sent to the county uh, July 30th. Right. Um, and basically what the letter was was from the CEOs of, of UT Health saying, we are seeing more sick people. We, we have seen an increase in the number of really sick COVID-19 patients. Please emphasize wearing masks yes to me that was what that's the whole yes. gist of the letter exactly okay but the important thing in there was like they were saying that there was almost a tripling of the number of sick people that they are seeing so is that a reflection of how much more virus there is in our area well when you when they look at the same numbers that we're looking at plus they have their actual census data within the hospital uh, when you look at over that time that letter came out a week ago and then you look at when that letter and the idea began to formulate that follows exactly along the actual in, um, escalation of cases like I said, from the end of June until about um, July 20th, 22nd. So I understand, and especially with the um, whole swirling around July 4th and the mask order coming out just a few days prior to that, um, masks work. Uh, they do. I mean, you, uh, you've seen it time and time again, and they are encouraging over the data that they have seen until the time that that letter came out that... They were becoming concerned about the systems and how they were going to be able to handle if it continued to escalate like that. 
So um, since the last time I spoke to you, I uh, helped live stream a doctor's panel here in Henderson County. Henderson County Medical Association had four doctors, um, and they were talking about a lot of back-to-school stuff, what to mm-hmm. think about with the kids and all that, uh, which was really some interesting information. Um, and, I, and I learned a lot. But one of the things that the doctors were saying was they were saying absolutely understand more people are sick. Yes. Because the, the, um, the knee-jerk reaction or one of the constant arguments that you hear is there are more positive tests because there are more tests. And the people are not really sick. And it's nothing more than the flu. Mm-hmm. But these doctors are saying, no, we have more people coming in who are very, very ill right. than we did two weeks ago or, right. or a month ago. One of the doctors said he did um, a breakdown of the um, number of people in the emergency room in Athens over the past year or two and said there is a higher number, uh, not ER, I'm sorry, ICU. ICU, right. ICU, not ER. There's a higher number of ICU beds in use now than at the same time other times. Right. And so we see more people in ICU beds, more people in the hospital, and more people sick. Right. You know, uh, our hospital has 10 ICU beds. And, of course, when you have a um, surge protocol, which allows them to take in other areas of the second floor for – these type of instances for the COVID and the surge units. Sure. And that goes back to the original discussion is that you have ICU units that have very intense care and very well equipped Uh, leading up to this event. That was a lot of the concern is that how could these hospitals respond when you have small areas? Well, um, as we know, equipment is much more available. The the whole ventilator and all of that was um, big discussions in the beginning. There are more individuals in the hospital for COVID-19. We are better equipped. I say equipped because as this thing continues with the protocol, staffing issue, you know, that fatigue that that everyone forgets about over time and that continual um, beat of the situation. Well, and the other thing is that the doctors have learned – better how to they treat the the disease they have the the interesting thing that when um we look at the numbers of course the state on average about 10 percent of their tests come back positive what we are seeing in henderson county is that 20 percent oh wow of our tests are coming back positive now, when, when you really dig these numbers down, we have a smaller rate of testing 
on average than the state or than the state of Texas does on average. Okay. So is it that the individuals that are truly sick are the ones seeking out testing and the individuals that are not showing symptoms are they not testing at the same rate as they are in other areas right uh it's kind of hard to tell the one thing we can know and and drive a stake in the ground is we have more sickness with covid19 there's there's no period that's it that's it and i agree with you because exactly down that line you started to go Mm-hmm. With with okay, so our tests, our our positive test returns are coming in at a higher level. Right. Some people have said that is evidence that we have more virus in the community. I, I agree with you. You can immediately turn around and say you can't say that for sure because it might actually point to a problem with the testing in or. Who's getting tested or how often? Be- right. It might be that, you know, doctors are not having certain people tested and taking them out of the equation early. Could be. And so that's raising the positives higher. You don't know. Well, we don't know. And, and please understand that this is not for some nefarious means that right. that would be I happening. I think that's the, yeah, <laughs> that's it. it these, these are individual decisions being made in real time based on what's presented to them right and th- and that's really all we can work with you you have to wonder and i actually said this to somebody today you have to wonder or i do i wonder how much different this would be if it wasn't an election year <laughs> and we could we could look at this based on science and math rather than looking at it as a political issue. You know, we could probably do three shows. On yeah, there you go. Good point. <laughs> on, on Good that, point. B- because, because when we're talking about the health and welfare of our um, friends, family, and all of that, it's emotionally charged. Sure. And then it doesn't help that we it is being politicized in right. so many ways. But on those numbers of 10% versus 20%, you know, that's two to one when you look at sure. it. The state has four more tests on average to every one of ours. Right. So, so you see that that sampling that we have augments A smaller it. sample, just a handful of people, makes the percentages look different when... I No, I, I understand what you're saying. The you're one right. thing that we do know that we've heard all the way through, wash your hands, six feet of social distancing... You know, and wear masks. And wear masks. That is the thing that I believe that will live on in infamy. You know, is that wear your mask, wash your hands, keep six foot away. The doctors' panel. The doctors. They said, Mm -hmm. wash your hands, (laughs) six feet apart, wear a mask. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's the key. Exactly. They're the keys. It is. Um. So here here's the thing though. I think that regardless of the number, what we can say for sure is that there are more people in Henderson County sick now True. than they have been at any time during the pandemic, yes. that COVID-19 has more people in our hospital, has more people home really, really sick or recovering than at any time during the pandemic. Agreed. Okay. So I know that there are a lot of people who want me to ask this question, so I'm going to ask the question, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> 
I wished I wished I had that answer because right. we would all retire and we would fix it at yeah. the same time. Right. If you had the answer, if, if you wouldn't sit on it and, and lock it in a drawer, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, the thing that we do know is that continued vigilance. There are very few options that are available that would impact what is happening because, as I said, it would have already been done. Sure. By now. And as we move forward with this, science gets better. Uh, we as individuals get better with how to hand this. You can, and it really boils down to also, as we spoke earlier before this began, about your genetic susceptibility to it. Uh, I, I know several individuals that were immediately very proactive in what they were doing, uh, wearing two masks, yeah, making yeah. very sure. And those were the very individuals that contracted it. Yeah, I, And then you have other individuals that live the Peter Pan life and don't have it. That's the hardest part about this because it doesn't make sense. You talk to right. even doctors and they don't understand it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, somebody goes in and they say older people are the ones that are the most susceptible or the, or the highest risk, and they are. Yes. But then you'll look, and I ran a story a couple of weeks ago about a 95-year-old woman who had COVID and sailed through it. Right. And then you have 40-year-old construction workers who are in great, great health who get knocked down for weeks and weeks with the disease mm -hmm. it, it seems like there's no rhyme or reason and to me that's one of the scariest parts about it right it's like it's like yes you're right most people don't get sick yeah but it's playing craps because you never know when you roll the dice mm -hmm. whether you're going to come up sick or you're going to make someone else really sick exactly and yeah. that's that's the issue and why I'm, you know, as much as I don't I don't like masks. <laughs> I am not a good mask person, but I wear my mask because, you know, that's the right thing to do. It, it, it is. I mean, uh, I've told you before, uh, growing up agriculture, I rolled hay for 40 years and I've been an asthmatic all of my life and I despise them. As a child, I took many whippings because sure. I did not have my mask on. But... Um, no matter what your personal belief is, hey, have a little courtesy. Sure, sure. All right. So one of the other things, though, um, and, and you and I have talked about this before. So, you know, okay, so what are you going to do? All right. Well, I know you're already doing the, the governor passed down issued the executive order that said this is da, 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 about masks that's all in place mm -hmm. um every everything that that is in in the system right now is in effect in henderson county um and individual stores i know a lot of them now have gotten a little more mm -hmm. strict about you can't come in without a mask is there anything more that that can be done or is there any way to let's say is there any way to um the governor come out and and say you have to wear a mask 24 7 when you walk out the door you know if you're outside you got to wear a mask is, is that something that could happen and if it did happen is that something that's going to make a difference if you go back to when the order came out you know, it was, um, I believe, three days before the 4th of July. 
and um, you, you would email me, hey, what's the county statement on this? And it took us three or four days to actually disseminate the order along with the all of the guidelines that were set forth out of DS Department State Health Services, DSHS mm-hmm. or DISHES. And as I told you then after we did the this um, show, uh, it is very, very problematic and difficult to enforce with what the perception is of a mask order by what is written in the governor's order with all of the caveats that were given. Uh, there are areas of oversight of the um, capacity issues, sure. all of that. That's why the governor did not go so far as to say a blanket order. I declare the state of Texas you shall wear. He didn't say that. Right. And without that, it becomes very difficult and very problematic to enforce the way that it was perceived. Because it, it was, was perceived that way. That's when exactly it first right. came out, it was perceived as you shall wear a mask. Yes. It, you know, we hear fourth decree. Right. Um, but that wasn't what happened. That's not written. That's not what is written. And right. we go to it continually. Uh, Relooking at it to see, sure. and that's that's what we have. The, the what we have happening with the businesses and all of that. Like we said, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, sure, no service. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And I think that is a very good way of individuals being responsible. That's the market working, as they say. So I get a lot of questions. Um, about individuals, and I don't know if you can answer this or uh, whether we should have Mr. Clint Davis answer mm-hmm. these questions, Anderson right. County Attorney. Um, but I get a lot of questions about um, quarantining and particularly self quarantining. Right. And so, is that actually, is that like a law or is that like? the best practice kind of thing it is the best practice okay now don't get me wrong there are enforcement triggers that run a totally different route because if you'll remember the governor right when this began i believe they named 40 judges in the state of texas that could hear what they call control order hearings and this goes back in our history and in our law to um in Typhoid Mary, uh, if you remember mm-hmm. in your history, an individual sure. that was very, that was accused of being an individual spreading or a threat to public health and safety. There is that, but it's very rarely um, used. And though, though in place, we really don't have the same type of situation as we did with those. The mechanism is there, but it is a very draconian and very hard mechanism to use. It's only to be used in those very rare, rare extreme, specific cases. Specific cases. Because so, I, I, I give you an example of what I get. I get, uh, I know so-and-so, and his wife it tested positive, mm-hmm. and he's going back to work. Right. And I don't think that's right. Is that against the law? Right. What I'm hearing is not really. 
No. It's not against the law. No, it's really not. Um, it is the best practice. Sure. You know, and That's C- what we want. And CDC even kind of changed the rules a little bit on that recently. You know, for a long time it was 14 days, and now it's 10 days. Yeah. And, again, this situation is so fluid right. and novel. Since we did not know in the beginning, the now rules rules are being yeah. written as it goes through. But they don't call it the novel virus. They don't. They don't, <laughs> they don't call it the novel coronavirus. Now, now they call it the new coronavirus, the new I corona. noticed. Right. Yeah, instead of that, which is new is much easier for most of us. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, the other thing that I know they've changed is at least TEA did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texas Education Agency for Schools changed the definition of contact yes and so the rule for you know the rule still says if you contact somebody who has tested positive you have to quarantine but they changed the definition of contact yes so (laughs) that makes it a little different and you know Bless TEA and our public school system. I cannot even begin. Well, I take that back. What they are having to deal with is something that, God love them, because um, what they're having to deal, not only in their classroom, but who their classroom is in contact with and how you juggle all of these different variables that could take place and still continue to hold school. God, uh, God love our educators. Every, everyone from Trinidad ISD up to TVCC are trying to figure out how you're supposed to educate students yeah. and not spread the virus. And with the rules changing every with 10 the, days. With the rules changing every <laughs> exactly. week. And they go back to where we, where we started all right. of this. Changing the way we count. Yes. I mean, how many times has the state of Texas changed the way it counts? In the the last two weeks, you know, they had to go back, and I believe it was Bear County and one other county where they had to or go through all of their numbers again right. and actually drop the case count statewide right. by about 5,000, a little right. over 5,000. Folks, uh, and so there it is. That is the reason that you'll continue to hear about hospitalizations and how many people are sick because it's the only thing we can put our hands on and say here you go this is real actual factual thing and the and the truth is right now in henderson county we've plateaued a little bit but this is the this is the sickest we have been since this started we're on a plateau hopefully we will start going down uh, but that's going to take your help, too, because we got to be a little bit diligent. Like you said, wearing the mask when we know we're supposed to. And the big three? Wash your hands. Stay six foot away, and I'll give you the other one. Oh, oh wait a minute. Wash your hands. <laughs> Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear yes. your mask. Uh, one thing to, that really recently has come forward is they're beginning to discount the thought of the second wave. Yeah. That this could be a continual onslaught until the available available individuals that are are, are vulnerable get it. Um, until like everybody gets it. Until everybody gets it. There's becoming a, a line of thought 
following that that like a forest fire instead of a wave until sure. the wood is burned it will remain with us right right well and that um yeah i've heard that line of thought before basically it's this isn't going to be over until everybody gets it yeah um, the other thing I know is the, the belief that the vaccine is the next step and the biggest thing. And I know that uh, there's a vaccine trial entering its third stage uh, mm -hmm. with 30,000 people involved in the trial right now. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the doctor's panel I, I live streamed was really excited about that. Yes, I watched um, that. It was. It was and good so, information. you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll work. And between the two, this is something that by the end of the year we can say, okay, we're, 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 we're over the hump. But we're not there now. No, we're not. This is not. No. We we are not over the hump. We are still. We are. Yeah. We were about to enter our most social time of the year. Yeah. Right. We really School's are. School's about to start. There's the UIL is going to try and do sports. Right. And then we're going to have the holidays. Yeah. Exactly. And so. If there's any time that this is going to continue to spread, this will be the time. There has not been one single, and I know you need to go, there has not been one single event that has torn at the fabric of our society the way this coronavirus has. I totally agree. In my, in my lifetime, yeah. there has been nothing that, that, has, that has the effect that this has had. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I can go around uh, any time in any historical event. You can find people that it just doesn't affect. Right. They don't even know about it. Right. There's nobody Not this. this isn't affecting. It has touched every facet of yeah. our life. Yep. Yep. And changed it all. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. And we're going to leave you with the main points, which is number one. Wear your mask. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> there's more sickness in Henderson yes. County right now. Number two, there's the only thing we can do about it is be diligent and try to care for our fellow man. And yes. that means uh, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. Yeah. If you are sick, stay home. Right. Be smart. And, uh, yeah, think about your brother. Exactly. So... Uh, Judge, thank you very much for uh, letting us in. I appreciate the opportunity and the time to talk to you. Hopefully next week we can talk about something a little happier. Hey, love to. Thanks, Michael.